Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Morning, everybody. Hope you guys are all doing well today. Hey, uh, we're excited to be coming at you with a with a topic that's been often requested and one that we've also discussed quite a bit, but uh, haven't addressed, I, I guess, directly on a podcast. Today, we're going to be talking boundaries, uh, specifically boundaries within relationships. Um, we know that this is kind of an extensive topic, and and this week's episode is going to be a precursor to a two part episode we're gonna we're gonna do next week, which we'll share more about uh, next week, but. Um, looking forward to talking about this. It's, I know speaking for me and Mark, you and I have talked obviously a lot about this. Um, boundaries and relationships. I don't know. For me, I find that boundaries or the term boundaries, it's, it's one of those topics that's like discussed all the time or thrown around in therapy. But I am oftentimes shocked how few people really understand how they work, how they actually look. Um, and, and I frequently uh, have a lot of, I find that a lot of clients have have real concerns about the whole topic as a whole on in different regards. So I'm excited to kind of jump into this and we're going to, what we're going to do with this today is our, in our format is we're going to take some of the more popular objections or areas of resistance, right. In, uh, in, uh, in these boundaries and, and in setting them and keeping them and all that. And we're going to kind of work through it one by one that way and give you some thoughts and, and ideas, both from our own recoveries as always, as well as from, our experience working as clinicians. So I'm, I'm excited to jump in. Well, let's start out with one of the objections. Mm. You know, as I hear, as I hear you say boundaries, right? <laughs> Boundaried relationships last. And there's a little part of me from my past, the rebel that says, whoa, wait a second. No, we have love. We don't need boundaries. Love is free. Love is, it's free expression. It's right. It's spontaneous. It's what are you talking about? Boundaries. Love, oh. all, all, love is all you need. You don't need boundaries. Yeah, I, oh, 
How do I not take up the whole podcast with my response? Um, I I have so many thoughts on this first question. We'll see. Maybe this ends up being two parts. We don't know. But uh, I uh, I hear that uh, all the time as well. And you don't need. And it's it's easy to understand why we get that in our culture. You don't have to go any further than any, you know, somewhat high movie ticket selling romantic comedy or chick flick, so to speak, to uh, get an idea of where some of this stuff stems from. Uh, we have in our culture this really weird idea around what love looks like. And in some ways it's correct. And in other ways, it's definitely not. And um, contrary to what will sell lots of movie tickets, uh, I would argue that not only, you know, in response to this, you know, if we really love each other, why do we even need these things? I would argue that love isn't love unless you have boundaries. Love denotes a requirement for boundaries. Love operates under under a structure. Um, love itself may be an emotion, but how it impl- is implemented in a relationship determines all sorts of things that we're going to get into today. Um, and I and I would argue that that is the case in any relationship, be it an intimate one or be it like my my understanding, the way that I look at at the spiritual side of my life. God, I know, loves and cares about me in all sorts of ways. He knows that on a daily basis, I'm going to do all sorts of dumb stuff. Yet he doesn't jump off the cloud and come and intervene. And the question is, you know, why? Well, the argument I would make is because he loves me enough to let me screw up. He loves me enough to let me grow. He loves me enough to be restricted um, in different areas. And I could I could just jump into all the ways in which that happens in a relationship as well. Um, but without the without boundaries, um, you're going to be missing some things, I think, in a relationship. Um, We've talked before on this podcast about, I mean, we, we never talk about intimacy, do we, Mark? Like ever. Um, that never happens. We definitely don't discuss intimacy and intimacy, you see, like. Oh, no, that's never, never not once. We, I, I think some people, <laughs> some of our listeners could almost make a drinking game off of that, how often we, we talk about intimacy. You just take a shot every time you, every time you, you hear, hear us say that. But um, when we're talking about intimacy, there are some key ingredients that form really the base or the or the ground roots of that. And if we were to break that down really, really simply, I'd say that it's stability, right? In a relationship and consistency, which are denoted by boundaries coupled with safety. And that's what kind of creates that uh, intimacy factor are those three things, stability, consistency, and uh, safety. And you can't have any of those three, in my opinion, without having rules. Um, how can I be consistent in a, in a relationship or in a marriage where we don't even know where we're going? right? Or, or the direction we're taking or the, or the whatever. Good marriages, for example, have a five-year plan. Where do we want to be in a year? Where do we want to be in 10 years? You know, what do we want our lives to look like in X, Y, and Z areas? So anyway, end of rant. Uh, <laughs> well, and if we, you know, I've got a great personal story about this, why boundaries are so critical to a loving relationship and for this concept of stability and consistency and growth uh, and I would say maturity. You can't experience growth and maturity in a relationship unless there is something that is challenging you. Yes. Where you're being, you, you have an environment with boundaries where you, where you need to confront your, your character liabilities, the things that, you know, the weaknesses, the, the parts of you that you want to improve and, and become, become better. How do you do that without boundaries and expectations and rules? And for me, I was, as a kid, I was raised in a really, I guess some would say kind of a funny environment, but a lot from my generation were. So I was raised in, in a home where there were no boundaries, so to speak. 
Mm-hmm. Right? My mom would say in the morning, hey, see ya. Just be home before the streetlights go on. I don't know where you're going, what you're doing, or what it's going to be about, but uh, have fun. Mm, and yeah. so as a kid, it was like, okay, awesome, man. I'm just going to go out and <laughs> have, you know, just have one big giant adventure. Best parents ever. Oh, yeah, the best <laughs> parents ever. But here's the problem. So naturally, because of that situation with no boundaries or expectations or clear rules, I, of course, uh, got into trouble. And, you know, a kid without boundaries is going to do some really crazy stuff. Well, so here comes my mom or my stepdad. And when they find out what I've done, now comes, you know, here comes the wrath. What were you thinking? What you knew that that was not the thing you should be doing. And you're grounded for a month. Yeah. And, as, and then as a kid, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I, mm. There weren't any boundaries. You didn't say that I could or couldn't do this or that. And you certainly didn't tell me that I was going to be grounded for a month. When did all that come up? Yeah. And now as a kid, you're resentful, you're angry, you're confused. And right. But, and then the parents in a, in a home with no boundaries, they're upset that how, I don't understand how he could do such things. Sure. And so now you have no boundaries, but when those imaginary assumed, not spoken boundaries are suddenly violated, now comes the big heavy handed consequences. Yeah. That is a a recipe for chaos. Totally. And I can tell you that I was raised in chaos where I didn't know what was expected or where the lines were or anything else. It was, it was this guessing game and then flinching to wait for the wrath to come down. Oh, did I violate some imaginary boundary? And what's going to happen? And now you go into secrecy and, you know, stealth mode where you, you make sure they don't oh. find out. And, and so here comes all the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And I brought all of that into my marriage uh, initially. Yeah. Right. It's like, I didn't know what boundaries were or how to do them. And, when my wife started to try to set them, I would become resentful and pouty and moody and because I wasn't raised that way. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the experience. But yeah. I can tell you from my experience growing up, you don't want to be in a home environment where there are no boundaries. Yeah. Because while boundaries sound hard and right, is it worth the work? It's just too exhausting to have boundaries and set them and enforce them. It's just, it's just too tiring. It's easier to just have a free for all. Mm, Not in my experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, and I I would agree with you. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, as I hear you talking, right, there's that, there, there it is. It's lacking that stability and that consistency, right? There's never a, a, a clear cut vision or a clear cut view or direction. And when you're always left questioning something in a, in a relationship, you're not going to be as close as you could or ought to be, and you won't have that direction that you need to have. Um, and what you said just now I, is 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 kind of our next point, which I think is important to hit on. I hear a lot from clients about, you know, I'll bring up boundaries with some of the guys that I work with on occasion, and I I was this guy to be fair, <laughs> but it's like you bring up the topic of boundaries, and you can almost see like the glaze physically come down over their eyes. Oh yeah. Just like, Oh boy. <laughs> or the eyes roll, the rolling of the eyes or the, here or we the, go. <laughs> or the sigh. Oh, you know. <laughs> well, and to be fair, I see that with a lot of the wives, a lot of the betrayal trauma victims that I work with as well. Um, from a different perspective, 
they they are they look at me like i'm a, like they're a soldier and i'm asking them to go do a fourth tour in afghanistan yep it's right like, oh great one more thing to add on to my pile because they've had such a negative experience with it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, now I got to, oh geez. You know, things are already rough enough. You really want me, you want me to go set boundaries with this guy? Yeah, like, now, I, now I get to make him do this. Now I get to play, play police woman. Oh, great. This is great, Steve. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and that's where, and that's where kind of, and, and this may be a topic for another day, the way you implement and set boundaries, some of which we're going to talk about today is, is critical, right? Um, and, and I would argue that that consistency absolutely is needed. Contrary to popular belief, most of the people listening here probably already exercise boundaries to some regard in their relationships, right? A good one that usually comes up is money. Um, even if the boundaries aren't what they should be, as mu- it, it's, it's fun, like you said, on the surface, right, to have the metaphorical parents who let you do anything. It's awesome to go to the store with that $10,000 credit limit that your credit card gave you and just decide to grab whatever you want, anytime you want, eat out when you want, whatever. And I have done that in my, in my life in the past. But the problem with that is, right, is it's not sustainable over time. The long-term consequences prevent any real direction or growth and actually end up holding a person back. And that, I think, happens individually as well as together. Um, but going into this exhausting and being, being exhausted by setting and holding boundaries, I think that those two words are the, are the key terms, right? It's all about how you set them. And it's all about how you hold them. Um, I would say that in, in, the, in the long run, it actually is more exhausting to not have boundaries. In the, when we don't hold boundaries with, with ourselves or with others, individually or, or with another person, we are sacrificing long-term happiness and growth for short-term conflict avoidance or, or, com- or, or comfort, right? I don't have to have that battle or that discussion right now and so in the moment for, for a little while, I'm in a, you know, I, I get to experience not having to deal with that, but without, without boundaries, um, you know, you said something, I don't know if you've mentioned it yet today on the podcast or not. I mean, what is, what is being loving towards a partner without boundaries? To me, that strikes me as, as enabling. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So if we, if we look at bad behaviors or, or unhealthy behaviors or habits, and we don't we don't start to set clear boundaries and expectations around those, then what we're actually doing is we're encouraging we're encouraging that behavior, and we're we're enabling that behavior, and that that uh, is a lot more exhausting in the long term than actually taking the time and the trouble to set the boundaries and then to enforce them. So yeah, I can I can tell you for sure <laughs> that mm-hmm. it's going to cost you big time. Not just the long term, but I'd say, you know, the midterm um, mm-hmm. living, yeah. you know, again, living in this place of chaos. And so, yeah, it's a. But it's easy to get in. The, it's easy to understand why people struggle with them so much, either because of that lack of information or or in marriages where you tried to set, set a boundary and, and failed. And for various reasons, it's tough to go back and try to rehit those because oftentimes, you know, by the time a couple hits our off my office or your office, uh, things are already so difficult. The thought of like trying to hold boundaries just becomes overwhelming. And, and this notion of like, Oh my gosh, I've got to do that and add one more thing onto the pile. Uh, uh, can be overwhelming. So when the, so when we hold boundaries, we are giving up that short term comfort, but in the long run, it definitely makes the relationship run more smoothly and you run into less issues and, and less problems. 
Um, the question becomes, right, how do you, how do you set these things? Um, that's probably the question that I get all the time because people have this idea in their mind of what boundaries are. And um, one of the things that I will, I'll just give you a couple of thoughts on how I approach boundaries with clients. The first is that boundaries, the name of the game when it comes to boundaries is the phrase, you do you and I get to do me, right? Boundaries have nothing to do with, you mentioned a minute ago, you know, being that policewoman. And I've, I've talked about on the podcast many times how a, a spouse uh, working with, with an addict partner cannot be three things. He cannot be his, his, her spouse's confessor, enabler, or policewoman. All three of those uh, roles will destroy intimacy and connection, not build them up. And, yeah, yeah. and boundaries aren't about policing the other person. Um, running around trying to chase them. I would agree with those who have done that in the past, and I have done that in my marriage. I know my wife has. She could come on here and talk about that for hours. Um, it is exhausting. That is an exhausting way to live. But effective boundaries aren't set of, are, are, have nothing to do with regulating another person, and this is an absolutely key part. It's not about changing behavior of another, although sometimes it can have that impact. Boundaries are not set from a place of how do I make my spouse into what I need them to be or want them to be. Boundaries come from a place of I need to get in touch with authentic me and figure out, for example, in this marriage, if I'm talking marital boundaries, what do I need in a marriage from any partner, right? What do, what do I need to feel close, to feel connected, to have emotional and physical intimacy, to be moving on a path where I find satisfaction and enjoyment out of my marriage? And not for it to be something like a ball and chain that's just, I'm dragging around, right? And so right out the gate, you can see that's a big shift for many of you who might be listening. Um, because if I'm setting the right, if I'm sending boundaries in the right mantra, it has nothing to do with what the other person does in terms of, hey, I need to change your behavior. It's, it's me saying, hey, you get to do you, right? Like I'm, I'm done trying to police you or run your life or whatever. I'm going to do the hardest thing in the world to do, and I'm going to honor that agency you have. And I'm going to say, you get to be you. But by the same token, I get to be me. And, and I'm not telling you whether to stay or to go, and I'm not even getting into the right and the wrong of it. But if I've set effective boundaries, the message is going to be, these are the things that I need. And those will either be things that you're willing to work with me on or you, or you won't. But I guess, but I, but I suppose that is part of part of the key problem with boundaries, right? And setting them is is having that conversation, which is scary for people. Well, and it's a it's what you're describing is a great example of the difference between boundaries and enabling. Mm, yeah. We said we talk about boundaries, and I love what you said. Here's here's what I need in this relationship <clears throat> in order for this to work for me. And then I have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to state that same thing for me. And this is what mature people do. Yeah. We, we talk about what our legitimate needs are. We talk about our feelings about that. We, we, we dare to discuss things that are uncomfortable, right? We've talked on this podcast about becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes. And this is maturity. This is where we, we have an opportunity to confront tough stuff and grow through it together and individually and none of that's going to happen if we're if we don't have the initial courage, and uh, discipline, and faith. Quite frankly, to to sit down and talk about these issues, about yeah. these boundaries, about these these rules and guidelines and expectations in the relationship, and then I'm going to do my part, and you're going to do your part, 
and travel those two those two parallel paths and hopefully those then intersect into this wonderful cooperative relationship yes that's Absolutely. that's a healthy relationship i would totally agree but I, and in my experience i think that's the reason why well there's two reasons why i think boundaries are so difficult to set and keep first is a lack of knowledge about how to do it which is what we're talking about today but the other one is i think there's a, almost a subconscious avoidance for most of us of having those hard conversations we try to set boundaries in less vulnerable ways right or hold each other accountable in less vulnerable ways in part as a way to avoid that that eerie big elephant in the room right which is are we compatible yeah yeah like can we can we can we both be authentic in this marriage in such a way that doesn't require one of us to compromise who we are what we stand for where we're going in life but those are scary things to look at and the longer a marriage has been going the more investments that more investment that's been put in um when it comes right down to it i work with a lot of clients who have a really a real very visceral fear around doing that because they fear the answer right yeah they, yeah. they fear their spouse saying yeah maybe we're not Right, but only by having those conversations can you break can you break through to that next level of connection. I love what you're saying. Well, and there's you know there's this this survival part of our brain that keeps telling us, well, it's just easier to just leave things the way they are. Yeah, it's not the greatest. You know, it's it's painful at times, but maybe that's better than confronting all the stuff that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so we'll put it off, and we'll just sort of go into this you know, complacency mode, comfort mode, uh, status quo. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, we're, we're never going to be able to get to get to a place of, of growing through and beyond these things unless we're willing to confront them. Yes. And yeah, it's scary. Well, what if we figure out that we, we really aren't all that compatible? What if I discovered I'm not sure if I really like you all that much? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What we have to understand is that those are not... Uh, you know, set in stone declarations that can never change. Yeah. Just because we may not be compatible in, in ways right now, we can change. We can make adjustments. We can find out what, what, it, what is it that you do need from me? And am I willing to make some adjustments? And in, in, even in my very personality, yeah. I can start to make those adjustments. And we can become more compatible incompatibility isn't a frozen state that when you discover it, Oh my gosh, we're done. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. heavens, no, I can, I can change and you can change and, and we can morph and, and grow into something that is more compatible and closer and probably in ways that you never dreamed possible. Yeah. And you're not going to find out those wonderful possibilities if you just stay where you are currently without boundaries and without having those discussions. Totally. Nope, you're right. It, it literally just damns the growth in the marriage. I, I completely agree. Hey, everybody. Mark and Steve here. Are you looking to take your recovery and your marriage to the next level? We work with individuals and couples one-on-one. -on -one. With both in-person and online therapy options, you have access to the experts anytime, anywhere. To learn more, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. I, uh, and, I, and I get that. I mean, I, I remember what it was like to live in fear that way. You know, mm -hmm. I remember there were many times where 
I didn't realize it at the time, but I would throw up a lot of my roadblocks, you know, the blaming, the gaslighting as a way to avoid topics like this. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause it was, it was scary. It's, there was a real, there was a real fear that if I was to just get real right with my wife and just be like, you want to be married? And she'd be like, uh, no. right and and let's just get real right we talk brass tacks on this thing so let's brass tack this for a minute i i doubt that there's a single spouse on either side of the coin addict or partner of an addict who can't honestly can honestly look me in the eye and say they've never had days where if they were confronted and were answered honestly that they didn't have days where they were like yep i want out of this thing right of course we all have days like that right now, if the days start to add up over weeks and months and whatever, then that becomes a whole other discussion of, of maybe we need to do something different. But, but if we just address that elephant in the room and as couples start to get honest with each other, that's when I see really liberating cool stuff happens, like you said. Like, let's just get real with each other. Yeah, today, we kind of don't want to be married. It doesn't mean that we don't want to be married, like in the long run, but right now things are really hard. And it's important to just honor that and recognize it so that we can take the next step, right? which is how do we get ourselves out of this place and be moving towards a place where we can, we can find that again, because yeah, we've been there before we can be there again. And you and I talk about it a lot. It's this sense of victimhood or, you know, being stuck versus feeling empowered. Mm-hmm. And you and I are big believers that it really, even with the worst past and history and traumas and all the things that pile up in our lives, you and I believe that there is still a way to move forward. And it, it isn't me, it's we. If we mm-hmm. come at this from we, there really isn't anything that we can't do. And of course, you and I in our belief system, we include Christ, you know, our Savior in, in that process. Yes. And so it's this, it's this empowering approach. Yeah, we may not be what each other needs today, but we have a hope that we can become that mm-hmm. if we just steadily work on it a little bit yeah. over time. I'll bet we can get there. I'll bet we can get there. Yeah. Well, I, I've said it before, but in my experience, there are very few, very few situations in, in doing this for, for quite some time now professionally and in my own marriage where I have seen examples of couples that aren't able or don't have the capacity to make it when they're doing what you're describing. Yeah. Right. When a coupleship is actively engaged in that and both sides are really pulling their weight and their partner is hearing or seeing from them on a daily basis and vice versa, that they're fighting for this thing, that they're pushing for this thing. In my experience, marriages can go through an unbelievable amount, far more than most people think that they can. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Right. Like, it's, how, it's, did, how did that survive? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Like, how do we make it through that? But it's because we, we, were, we were back to back against the world in those situations, right? Yep. As long as we can, we can do that, we can make it through you know, fighting off all these crazy things that come at our marriage. But when we start to draw swords on each other, that's when we're in trouble. That's, yep, that's when it falls to pieces. And yeah. so, so, yeah, so I, I love what you're saying. Um, and again, boundaries are going to be all about protecting that. Um, in a relationship, it's the same context as, it, as with uh, in setting boundaries and, and the reasons behind it as it is with individual boundaries. Um, good boundary setting is going to just, is going to be done around protecting the authentic self, or in this case of a relationship, right? The, what do we want this marriage to be? What, what do we value, right? What is, what's this marriage's mission statement is oftentimes what I'll say, you know, what do we want this thing to stand for? And then each of you start to collaborate and work on it. Um, 
as far as as far as actually beginning to set them, right? Let's kind of move into that because I know that's probably what a lot of people are looking for here. Um, you know, what are the key pieces to good boundaries and how can I do this in a way that isn't going to be, I mean, let's just call it what it is. And in, in the past, for a lot of people, I know boundary setting and trying to hold has just been downright traumatic, <laughs> yeah. um, right? And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how to do that. So the first piece with that is you've got to go into boundaries with a clear crystal clear, I would argue, understanding of your needs. And again, this applies to the relationship just as it does to self. Oftentimes, people will jump the gun on this step and they'll say, well, I need boundaries, so let's just start setting them. But I have found over time that when you do it that way, you're not going to be getting to the depth and to the clarity that you need to. You have to, before you even go to boundaries, you have to say, what do I want this to look like? Let's talk about the goal first, right? Let's describe it. Let's lay it out. Let's talk about its attributes. What we meant, how we want our marriage. I tell clients to paint a picture of it, right? Don't just make a list of things. Give me, paint me a picture of what you would like a Friday night to look like, in 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 a in a good marriage for you. Well, it'd be one where my husband's, you know, actively, you know, planning a date, and maybe we switch off every week, and you know, we're setting up babysitters, and we're taking time for each other, right? Just by painting that vision, you can pull so much out of. So, I think those. Those clear expectations are, are that first critical step. Yeah, once you have a clear vision of that and what it looks like and, and what your needs are, then you can start uh, putting these, these boundaries in place. And, and I know boundaries can be a confusing word. <clears throat> it's what is the structure? What are the, what are the parameters, the guidelines? What, what do we need to put into place so that we have the best chance of traveling in a steady, consistent, measured way toward this vision that we've now painted for each mm -hmm. other. How do we get there? That's now we start to talk about what is it going to take? And that's how you start to put in the particulars, the specifics about these boundaries, this structure, you yeah. know, these uh, rules, guidelines, specifics, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the step-by-step -step to how to get there. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about there, there are two basic types of, of setting that, that up, which are the, the, the do's and the don'ts. Yes. Right? Well, and the don'ts, go, the don'ts are usually what's emphasized, right? When we think about boundaries, those are the things that we yep. think of. We think of like the, uh, I will group these, I have a whole way of doing boundaries in my office that's too lengthy to talk about here, but I will... I will go through and I will kind of compare the, the don'ts to boundaries as like the mosaic law in the marriage, right? Thou shalt not, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like all these restrictions, you know, and, <laughs> and those are important, um, but they do get kind of a negative rap because of how they're held, which is coming up next. We're going to talk about that. Um, but, uh, but those are critical. But then just as important as the don'ts are the do's, yeah. right? This isn't all about restricting certain elements or or confining certain things, we're keeping them within bounds. But the marriage, the whole goal for this thing is for growth, whether it's individually or, or just as a couple, right? Just as there are these lines that we shouldn't cross, there are other lines that maybe we haven't crossed before that we need to be pushing into more, right? We need to be growing into and breaking through our comfort zone and putting ourselves out there, and, right? In all sorts of different ways. Classic example that we've talked about on here are like check-ins. For most of the guys that I work with and for many of the women, I mention check-ins and I tell them what that is. And they look at me like, again, I'm sending them off to war. It's like, <laughs> I got to sit down for my, with my spouse for, for a half hour ish every night and get real like that. 
Like that is the last thing, you know, that I feel comfortable doing. And, but nevertheless, healthy couples are ones that practice that level of intimacy every day. Even if it's just in some small, subtle ways, that, that happens on a consistent basis. And so, um, so focusing on the do's is kind of the bright side of boundaries because that's the, that's the, the don'ts keep us safe. The do's move us forward. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another great example we've talked about extensively in, in these episodes is, for example, with regard to my sexual intimacy relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are boundaries. And some of those boundaries will be things I'm not comfortable with. You know, you could say the don'ts, but there's a lot of do's there. Let's talk about, you know, what do you enjoy? What, you know, what are, what are things that you would like to explore and literally having a conversation about those, those kinds of things. That's part of the setting of boundaries. Mm -hmm. So they're not only, they're not only restrictive, they're also expansive. Yes. And and can go into places we never, we never would have gone had we not started to have this discussion. Totally. I love that. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Well, and I think, and I think it's uh, one thing that we do need to mention before we move on to kind of that next next part of the discussion, which we're all looking forward to, is is we need to we need to look at the fact that you know boundaries only work if there are consequences attached. I knew you were going to say that. I uh, know. I don't want consequences. <laughs> boundaries only work if there's some sort of enforcement behind them. Now, this is where, this is probably the main line where this is where I lose guys, right? When we're talking about this in my office. <laughs> yeah. Because instantly it's like, okay, now he's lowering the boom. He lured me in with all this fancy speak about boundaries. And now he's, here it comes, right? Here are all the yep. things I can't do. And it is, it has not been, a, it's not been an uncommon occurrence in my office where I've, I will work with a wife for a while, we start setting up boundaries for her, for example, around sexual safety. And the guy will come back the next week and be pretty open about the fact, Hey, I'm so glad that I'm paying you X amount of dollars a week so that uh, you can help me have less sex in my marriage. Thanks for that. (laughs) What a cool investment, you know? And, (laughs) and so on the surface, they tend to look at these as punishments, right? When we hear restrictions or consequences, we instantly hear punishments. Now it is true. I will va- I will validate the fact that chances are, with a lot of you out there, consequences have been used more as punishments, right? Again, because we've used those, we've used the consequences not through the lens of you get to be you. I just need you to know what I need, but we use it through the lens of hey, if you don't toe the line, right, or if you don't conform, or you're you're not doing it right, or you're not doing it enough, or or whatever, and and the shift from that is is you know turning that on its head. If I always tell guys that if if your wife is setting boundaries effectively, which I'd like to think I do a pretty good job of that in my office with me, what we're doing isn't giving you a list of consequences. There are, there, I mean, there are consequences to actions, but what we're giving you is a is a road a love map, right? What we're doing is we're really showing you, hey, you've and and a lot of guys that I work with have been really asking for this for months, if not years. Help me. What do I do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what yeah. to do, right? I, I to want do. to connect, but I don't know how, <clears throat> right? And and when a wife starts to set those boundaries individually, and she's able to, you know, convey, hey, these are the things that help me to connect with you authentically sexually, for example. Here are the things that don't allow me to just kind of tolerate being sexual with you or kind of halfway invested or, you know, tuned out or whatever. This is how I can really connect with you. If we are doing these things, if there's if these things are you you're willing to do, 
Well, now we've gone from, oh, geez, look at all these restrictions to, holy cow, I, I, I actually have a direction. Right? Yeah. And then, and then the responsibility is on me, which is where it should be to be able to say, look, she's not going to judge me. She's not going to hold it over my head. She's not going to try to manipulate me or guilt trip me or anything into doing these. She's just letting me know that if I want to connect with her, I have the chance to do it in these ways. And as long as they're authentic, what this gives me is an opportunity to step up. Yeah, it changes your whole mindset. Totally. You know, because we were raised with these boundaries and, and consequences as something really negative. Mm-hmm. Oh, I broke the rules and now here comes here comes the punishment. Here, right? Mm-hmm. Even back when I was a kid, here here comes the belt. Yes. <laughs> Get out the belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we bring that into our understanding of that into our adult lives and our marriages when it's really just the opposite. It's yeah. like, cause who, who says that I work with, I just want to have a happy marriage. I just mm-hmm. want to have a great relationship. I want to have a close relationship. How do I do that? Well, how you do that is to go to your spouse and say, can you share with me? Can you tell me what are the things that you need from this relationship? Yes. How can, how, what should I be doing so that we can start to get closer and happier and more intimate. I tell guys, you want to know where I learned how to be intimate as a guy? Do you want to know where I learned almost everything I know about intimacy? And you already know what's coming. My (laughs) wife. Yeah. Yeah. She has taught me how to love a woman. She has taught me how to get close and connected and deep and authentic. But I had to be willing to ask her, okay, how does this work for you? What do I need to do? And consequences, consequences are her coming back and saying, hey, I see you've been trying. There's this, there's this part that you've been doing that really isn't what I had in mind. And can I offer, can I offer a way for you to kind of correct that path? Mm-hmm. Here's what I need. Here's some adjustments that I need you to make to be more in line with what I had in mind. Yeah. That's a consequence. That's not negative. It's little helps and hints. And hey, just just in case you wanted to know, here's a little adjustment that if you made this, it would really go a long way. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, I have this this feedback to to kind of show me how to how to keep on this path that she's told me is so important to her. Absolutely. And you can see this kind of takes us full circle where Mark was going in the beginning of this, where when you're able to have these hard discussions and really look at it and you're able to see, and I, I would say the vast majority of cases, the answer is yes, as far as compatibility goes. And you're able to look and say, you know, I think I can do these things and be authentic. And as you're able to set boundaries with your partner as well, sometimes addicts think they've given up that right, but they absolutely haven't. As they're able to come and meet a wife in, in that marriage setting about, hey, these are the things that I'd also like to see in this relationship. That's when really cool stuff happens. Of course, this does come with a huge caveat, okay? Because one of the re- <laughs> one of the reasons why boundaries is so hopefully nobody turned it off before this because I can't we can't emphasize this part enough. Um, boundary setting again is a very foreign process for most people, at least doing it in the right way. And every situation is so unique, and there's been so much. Every every relationship has so much history behind it. When you're talking about big picture stuff like how do we want our marriage to look like for the rest of our lives? obviously evolving that as we go. But when you're setting big picture stuff like that, if you're doing that from a place of not how it's very difficult to do that, I would say without some sort of a third party input, Mm. Um, betrayal trauma gets in the way addiction gets in the way and all the thinking errors that accompany both. 
get in the way. And having somebody around, preferably somebody who's got specialized training and experience in working with this stuff is can be paramount and crucial in helping helping you to get on that on a solid path, taking into account your unique situations. Right. Yeah, because you're gonna one of the great challenges with boundaries is we're not instant experts at it. Nope. I mean, who taught us how to do it in a healthy way? And the other thing is, is it's going to be, it's going to be kind of clunky and messy and you're going to stumble around along the way. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things we often hear is, well, he or she won't respect the boundaries that we've set up. They yeah. keep violating them. Now I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the place where I struggle to, to make them hold to those boundaries. So what do we do? And now we're getting into arguments and, and this is where the complexities come in. And, and what you're saying, Steve, is you need a third party to help you navigate that. Because it, it's not a simple thing, especially yeah. when we start out. It's a set of skills and a set of understandings that, that don't, don't come easily to us at first. Yes. And it can be very helpful to have an outside, you know, experienced voice to say, hey, let me, I, I've kind of been where you're at. Let me, let, me, let me help you through this. Yes, because there is another side to these boundaries as well. And this is why it's so important to get out in touch with your authentic self when you're setting boundaries and not doing it from a place of trauma or a place of vindictiveness or a place of my spouse can't tell me what to do. That lady, you know, she just holds me back. If you're setting your boundaries or you're, or you're trying to determine these kinds of things from that place, it, you're going to be very skewed in it and it's going to cause long-term problems. There's a real value in being able to talk to somebody again, who's got experience in this area, who can give you some feedback. Because at the end of the day, again, nobody has the right to determine any boundaries for anyone else. I had a wife the other day come in and, and ask me, you know, she, she threw out some pretty heavily restrictive boundaries. Actually, no, I, I take it back. It wasn't a wife. It was a husband. He threw out some pretty heavily restrictive boundaries in the relationship and said, well, I feel like I need these things. Right. And, and I told, I won't go into the specifics of what they are, what I told him is, as I said, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a guide. I'm here to help you figure out what these are authentically for you, but I will give you some feedback with them. And if you're setting a boundary with your spouse around, you know, being intimate X amount of times a week, uh, you, you can set that boundary. This might not work. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome to hold that boundary. You really are. I mean, I say that authentically. Um, you can, if, if your boundary and your true need now, again, I have a whole thing about sex being a need. So this is a bad example, but if, if, you know, you have a real authentic need around X, Y, or Z, you get that it is okay to do that. Nobody has a right to determine that for you at the end of the day, but by the same token, you also have to own the consequences. Yes. Right. If I throw all of these unrealistic restrictions around what a relationship should look like, how my spouse should perform in different ways, et cetera, et cetera then I, I, by same token, have really probably limited my capacity to find happiness and connection. Yeah. So. Yep. And that's where, you know, with a whole other episode on this me versus we. And yes. And where your mindset is with that. Well, that's, we probably better wrap it up. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's, no, this has been really good. Next week, we're actually going to jump into, uh, just to give you a quick thing before we talk assignments here. Um, next week, we're going to be jumping into a two-part series, like I said, talking about how do we, how do, one's going to be for the addict, the other's going to be for the partner, but along the same lines of how do I trust him or her again, right? How do I get to a place, you know, we've been working on recovery, we've been making progress as far as, you know, relapses and sobriety and other things go, 
but you know, how do we really start to make that leap in terms of getting back to a good, emotionally close, intimate place? Because there are some real challenges on both sides of the coin for making that happen that obviously oftentimes aren't apparent until you've been doing it for a little bit. So yep. we'll be jumping into that. Um, but uh, I guess the only assignment that we would give today with this is just to start small with it. Um, the standing assignment that we always kind of unspokenly give is please get a good therapist. Um, but the assignment behind that, besides that, would be just start mapping out your needs, you know, for the relationship. Start coming together as a couple and talking about it. You know, what do we want this thing to look like in five years? What do we want our vision to be? What do we want a date night to look like? And I'm not just talking about like where we go. I'm talking about how do we each want to be showing up? How do we each want to be feeling in that environment? You know, how do we want to, how do we want the family photo to look in, in, in 10 years? Um, from not just a perspective of who's there, but from a perspective of, you know, what are we feeling? What are we thinking? Are those people in that picture, are they happy? Is it a bunch of straight-faced people who are stuck in a painful place, like some Western Photoshop? You know, like, <laughs> like, like what does that look like? And as you start to do that, that's when you can start moving into this space. Yeah, just start talking about that vision. And then I'm a big believer in baby steps. Yes. You know, what, what are a, a couple of very simple things we can do this week that will head us in that direction? Totally. And just start. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have a, great, uh, have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you next week. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. It's connection. Together, we can do the impossible. To learn more about Mark and Steve and to listen to more podcast episodes, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.